Yo, what to do, guys? It's it's your boy John and Luke, and we're here with the first po- episode of the Baldos Podcast podcast. And today we're going to talk about the NBA draft and crazy news happening around this this season. So, how are you going, Luke? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you going? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. So, <laughs> how's how's every how's life in general? <laughs> oh, it's all right. You should get through. Day by day, and waiting for this next NBA season to get started up. Yeah, which by the way, it doesn't. It's a month away. Well, a month away from the NBA restarting again. So, yeah, it's pretty surreal considering, obviously, like we crowned champions a couple of months ago. And now we got a month till the next season, and in that time, we still got a whole heap of things yeah. to get through. Yeah, because they just, they just recently finished up. Yeah. And they only got a month to, like, train, recuperate and that. And so I, that gives, like, players less time to, like, get ready. So, yeah. As you may or may not know, the NBA is coming back December 22nd. But but we're not here to talk about that. Because this, this Friday, depending on... November 18th, the NBA draft is coming up and we've decided that we should go over the draft because, you know, because that's what's coming up. So we decided to make our own mock drafts. Uh, actually, Luke, Luke, you made a mock draft, didn't you? Yeah, man. Um, so obviously there's different speculation regarding the picks and which way teams will go. And that sort of incorporated my decision to eat each of these picks, so... Obviously, with the Timberwolves, they got the number one pick. I went with Anthony Edwards. He's a t- good two-way player. He can in, play inside out, nice mid-range. He's still developing on the three-point line, but I think he'd be a good fit in Minnesota alongside D'Angelo and Kat. He can play off the ball, lock down the other team defenders, but without having to worry about being the main offensive star. But obviously, different... Uh, media platforms have made their own opinions, like just thinking that Minnesota should go with maybe Lamelo to back up D'Angelo in the backcourt or have James Wiseman to create that two-headed monster down low with Cat. But I think... As, I, I, I think that, w- that would be a perfect pick for Anthony Edwards because, one, you don't really need a point guard. You have a young D'Lo who's probably going to be a... Superstar one day. Yeah. Same with still young. So that's probably the best choice for Anthony Edwards for Minnesota going with Anthony Edwards. But I'm still I don't think Minnesota will keep Anthony Edwards. I think he will be in a D'Angelo um in a Devin Booker trade. You think Devin Booker might go to Minnesota? Look, D'Lo, Cat, they're they're just waiting for D Book. I mean, those three have great chemistry with each other. Cap managed to get D'Lo from Golden State, and look where they ended up. Yeah. Now, if I was Minnesota, I would, I would say, hey, because right now we don't know what Devin Booker's status is with Phoenix right now. So if I was Minnesota, I'd be like, we'll give you Anthony Edwards and some assets for Devin Booker, and they couldn't. Potentially make a big free. 
Potentially. I mean, that's one avenue they could go, but obviously we don't know what happens one day or the next, obviously, with this off-season that's coming up now. But I think at this point, that's a good pick for Minnesota. Yeah, that, that's what I think as well, because I think what Minnesota needs is a, a second scoring option. They can't rely on Cat all the time or D'Lo, because if you look back at the season, it was really D'Lo and Cat doing all the work. Well, I mean, like you saw D'Lo come over in that trade, but they didn't yeah, but too much time together. But They needed that third option. Yeah. That's the thing. They needed that third scoring option, which they didn't have. If they go with Anthony Edwards, yeah, they might keep him for well unless they do the they trade for Devin Booker that's what I think Mm. moving on now so we got Golden State obviously they had a bit of a down year considering they made the finals the year before but injuries players Mm. leaving it's obviously unpredictable the NBA season but I think one thing they've needed over the past few years specifically is a nice center so Going with James Wiseman, he can lock down the paint on defense. He can also set hard pick and rolls. Like imagine that with Steph and Clay uh, running the pick and roll with James Wiseman. He's also got a nice mid range. He's not your typical back to the basket center. He can still score on the outside. See, James Wiseman, really, he could be a good, really good big man because he's got a good team around him. Mm. He's got. Got the Splash Brothers surrounded with him. Andrew Wiggins, a great three-way player. Draymond, who's also a good player and defense and defensive leader. And you got a great coach in Steve Kerr. Yeah. So really ask for much. And I mean, this year was like a really developmental year for Golden State. You saw the emergence of some players like Marquise Chris and Eric Pascal. They're nice players and they'll fit in nicely off the bench for this. I guess Golden State team is ready to contend again next season. Let's let's hope because you know now because Golden State could be a potential threat now because they got all their players back. Yeah. Now, so yeah. Next pick, the Hornets. I mean, undeniably, I think Lamelo Ball has the potential to be the best player in the draft. He's a tall point guard. High IQ. He can pass the ball. I mean, he's a solid but streaky shooter at times. You obviously saw that playing in the NBL last season. He sort of got his shot up. Didn't fall most times, but he still has that ability to take over games. But with Charlotte, I think, I'm not sure whether their, their future is in Terry Rozier. I mean, you got Devontae Graham and I think Lamelo Ball and Graham would work nicely together. And Lamella has that potential to have a defensive impact because of his size as a tall point guard. Yeah. With Lamella, he has the potential to become a star. Yeah. But what I hate about is people like saying, oh, he's if he doesn't fix his shot, he won't be as good as a player. It doesn't matter about the shot, really. It, it really doesn't matter because, one, it's about how he applies himself. And two, if it... Like they say, if it's if it if it's not broke, don't fix it. I mean, I understand with Lonzo because Lonzo did struggle, but we're talking about Lamelo. Lamelo, I feel like he can be a better player than his brother. Lonzo. Oh, for sure. Like you can see it as well. I mean, he has the ability to impact the game without having to 
be that uh, shooter for the team. Like Devontae Graham's a he's a he's a nice shooter for the Hornets. And I think it will be a good situation for Lamelo because one, he's going to Charlotte, which is owned by probably one of the greatest players of all time, Michael Jordan. He could probably learn from that under Michael's wing and say, "Hey, this is what you need to do. We can fix this. Just we'll just give you the opportunity." And I think that would be great for Lamelo. Yeah, definitely. Now move on to the Bulls. They're a very strange team, Chicago. Uh, I've gone with Danny Avdia. He's a big wing player. He's gifted on the offensive end, and he can play make as well. Um, defensively, he's got size, and he can pre- protect the rim if they need him to. And then shooting-wise, obviously as a wing, you can always improve. He's a solid shooter, and he can play off the ball. But with their team, right, they've got, I think, moving forward, they could go with Kobe White as the point guard. And if he stays, Zach Levine, obviously. There's trade rumors surrounding him every day at the shooting guard. You could put Denny at the three, and then obviously Larry Markkinen and Wendell Carter at the five. I think that makes a solid team. Obviously, they're a young team. They're all going, always going to need time to grow, but in the future, if they, I guess, stick with that same starting five, they could be a force in the future. Yeah, like you said, but they all with the addition of Billy Donovan now as their head coach now, they could be a good, solid young team if they just gel together. Really. If they work things out this year, they could, they could be that dark horse for a potential eight seed, but you never know. But you, you never know, but it, like, but you know, this is the East, so with their com- no offense to the East, but the, with their competition, I don't know about. It. They could just slip in easily. Well, I mean, if you look at this season, right, there was – I mean, you got the top six teams. you got Milwaukee, Toronto, Miami, Boston, Indiana, and Philadelphia. That top yeah. six team, you can – there's a definite uh, difference between that top six and everyone else underneath. Obviously, with Brooklyn, you got Kyrie and KD come back Coming. to be healthy next season. They're obviously going to jump into that seventh team to be in that mix. But I think the rest of the conference still has a long way to go to be, I guess, competitive with the rest of those squads. Yeah. All right. Cleveland, this is an interesting one. Yeah, so with the Cavs, I mean, obviously they made that trade to get Andre Drummond last season, yeah. So, Which he only has, like, he only has a year in his contract, so we don't know where he's going to actually go. So I think we're going with Aneko Kongu. He's a solid center and a nice vertical. And defensively, he's a very strong player, and he'll work, nice, work nicely with the Cavs. Um, offensively, he's got a nice inside game. He can hit the mid-range as well and pass the ball. And he can, I think he can play that four and five role for the Cavs. Obviously, they got Kevin Love playing the four, but who knows what's going on with him in regards to trades and where he wants to play. And then obviously the five, they got Drummond. If they trade Drummond, you never know. He's leaving. He might leave at the end of the season. I think Okongu will be that, I guess, potential future star center for this team moving forward with Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, and Kevin Porter Jr. in the lineup as well. That's a young team moving forward that has the potential to do some good things in the East. 
Yeah, yeah, you got that right. But Anokwe can, like you said, he he he's great on defense. But the only problem is that they have Tristan Thompson, which is similar what he's doing right now. But obviously, they're both different players. In to an extent, yeah. So, yeah, I forgot about Tristan Thompson. I forgot he was still on their team, but I think yeah, as a backup, I mean, Okongu could play that backup four role with Kevin Love. Okongu can fit. Obviously, Love's age, aging right now. He's what past his prime, but for a team like that, I, I think they have a potential future. Obviously, with Colin Sexton developing and Kevin Porter. You got you got a solid young team. They're a good team in the future. I mean, they got plenty of talent moving forward, but it's just a matter of what situation they get put in. Number six, the Hawks. I mean, I went with Isaac Okoro. He's a two-way player, and I think that's what the Hawks need. Obviously, he's a good defender, and he can guard big and small. Offensively, he doesn't need the ball in his hands to make an impact, but. I guess that's not important with the Hawks. Obviously, they got offensively, they're covered. They've got Trey Young, John Collins, and obviously Clint Capella. He can play that, I guess, four, potential th- third scoring option if they need him or potentially fourth, but they know he's got his ability to play off the ball on the wing and inside as well. Mm. Yeah, with this Atlanta Hawks, and I think that's the one piece they're missing. I mean, obviously they drafted DeAndre Hunter, but I don't. But obviously he didn't uh, amount to what was expected of him this season. They got Cam Reddish as well, but they've two wings there. But I think adding another one gives them more potential moving forward as well. But they need they need that defense in the backcourt. Obviously, Trey Young's a gifted offensive player, but doesn't offer much on defense. Exactly. So, with Capella, and if they go with Isaac Okoro, they could potentially like just sneak in. Like with the Bulls, they could sneak in. They just. Well, I think the, I, don't know, I, th- I feel like the Bulls would be more a bit further along than the Hawks. Obviously, Trey Young's a second-year player, still developing. But I think in a few years they might be have that potential to. Move into the into the uh, playoffs positions for the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I think so as well. Detroit. Um, Obviously, they yeah. traded. They made that big trade last year to get rid of Drummond. Drummond. But I think in the back end of last season, I thought I thought there was a lot of improvement with Christian Wood. He's a very he's a nice player. He can defend on the inside. At that center role, and he's got a nice out inside out game as well to go alongside a healthy Blake Griffin who is developing on his perimeter game, but inside he's still a force to be reckoned with. And then they've got Luke Kennard at the two guard, he can he can shoot the lights out on any given night. Point guard, I think, still a bit up in the air, but I think by selecting Patrick Williams to come in at that three. At the small forward position, he's a good three and D forward, and he can play either forward position and defend both positions as well. And I think perimeter-wise, he's got a nice outside stroke as well. And I think 
that'll suit the Pistons' play style. Obviously, they need a defensive wing who can lock down opposition best defenders, which is something that they might need moving forward. Mm. Yeah, that, that will consider. Is Dwayne Casey still their coach? I can't. I, is Dwayne Casey? I think. I think he still is still the coach of the Pistons. Yeah, he's a he's a nice coach, but I think obviously they snuck into the the playoffs last season. Obviously, with an injured Blake Griffin, they got swept in for the Bucks. But that's a tough ask yeah. for anyone, let alone. Uh, I think that's not a hundred percent. A healthy Blake Griffin, I think they'll be fine. I think they can sneak into that eight seed. Now the laughing stock of the league, the Knicks. I mean, they're they're a difficult team. There's no two ways about it. They're not. They're not going to be contending at this point. They've got a very young team with potential, but I think Tyrese Halliburton. They're, they need a point guard. Like. They got Frank Nilakina, Dennis Smith Jr. They haven't really amounted to much with the Knicks. They picked RJ Barrett last season in the draft. He, he was a solid player, and I think Mitchell Robinson yeah. can come into that starting center role and be a defensive menace for the Knicks for years to come. But with Halliburton, he's a two-way player at the guard position, and I think that's important for the Knicks to be competitive in each of their games, and he can take pressure away from RJ Barrett to be that main scoring option for New York as well. Yeah. At this point, we don't expect the Knicks to be a contender right now because obviously with what's happening, because with the Knicks, they they just rush into things too quickly when it comes to their team. They don't, they don't like get like assets, what, for their team, they just get, they just rush into things too quickly. They don't build off their talent they draft. They just, yeah, it's just they're a just a young team. So I think moving forward, I think they have to have consistency to be exactly force in the future. They're still at that rebuilding stage, but who knows? They they can develop. In, they will probably will develop into a potentially a playoff team in, in a few years. If RJ if RJ Barrett becomes that superstar he was in Duke, mm. then yeah, the Wizards obviously they've missed John Wall for the last two seasons, but Bradley Beal's really developed into a superstar. I think having John Wall um, back in that lineup will take pressure off Beal, and there can be a dominant uh, backcourt for years to come. But I think. And I've got Rui Hachimori, who's a solid rookie as well. Um, yeah. But I think Obi Toppin, he can pl- he's a high-energy player. I think he can play that small forward, power forward role because of his versatility and size. But he can score three ways. And he's a solid playmaker as well for his position. He'll, sit, he'll fit nicely with the Washington Wizards team. Yeah. He said, "With our offense, like with offensive weapons like Bradley and John coming back, they could be a explosive, explosive offensive team. Though they could be a good offensive team. Yeah, and I think, I mean, on the defensive end, they could use a little more work. But Obi Obi Toppin is 
coming out of college, he's a solid defender, but nothing too crazy. But I think just a little bit of defense might help the Wizards team. Obviously, they've got a lot of athleticism and scoring punch in their starting five. But I don't know. I think with a healthy wall and, I guess, superstar Bradley Beal, this team could make a little bit of noise as that eight seed in the East. I don't see him as a contender or anything, but I think they could be in the running for that low playoff seed and potentially, I guess, cause problems for some of the higher seeds as well. Yeah. It all depends. It really all depends on Wall if he's healthy or not. When it comes, this absolutely season. like having two years off. That's gonna, I guess, hinder any any player, no matter who you are. But I guess we'll have to wait and see mm. until opening tip on how he's recovered. Yeah. Phoenix, right. Devin Vassell is a a three and D wing. Like I think with. The Suns, they've got that offensive punch. I mean, you've got Devin Booker they got and DeAndre Ayton Booker, down low, yeah. and Ricky Rubio can pass with the best of them and distribute the ball to, I guess, anyone in the court. But with Vassell, he can p- provide that uh, 3 and D scoring punch on the wing um, that I think they need. Obviously, they have Mikael Bridges and... And Ray don't forget about Kelly. Kelly Oubre as Kelly well. Oubre. That's right. They've got Kelly Oubre. He's a nice player as well. But I think with Vassell, he can maybe be a backup at the three. Uh, he's got a good scoring punch, score off the dribble, and he can create his own shot as well. And on the outside, obviously, he's a 3 and D player. So that outside shot is something that can be admired by anyone. And then defensively, he can lock down the guards and the forwards on any given night. Yeah, it he's real. He could be a good backup, but with the Phoenix situation, like what's happening right now, with considering book, it's really up to Booker if he's staying or not, because he could just learn. Because he could learn from Booker, but that all depends if Booker wants to stay. Absolutely, if if Devin Booker's there next season, that's obviously going to improve the Phoenix chances. Like they went eight and zero in the bubble. They played good teams, so obviously. It was just unlucky that Memphis was wanted it. Oh no, sorry, Portland wanted it more. That's right, but I mean, to go eight and zero in a difficult environment against good teams, like that's nothing that to be shied away from. They they did well in the bubble. They were unlucky, but I think if they keep that same consistency, obviously, Monty Williams led them really well this season. Obviously, they missed DeAndre Ayton at the start of the season through suspension. Aaron Baines is a solid backup at the five man position, but. This Phoenix team, I mean, they have the potential to make the playoffs next season. Obviously, like we said, they were good in the bubble and they finished the season strong, but it's a matter of if they can contend for that eight seed or seven seed potentially with the playing tournament that's now uh, been leaked by Woj uh, today, actually. So, I mean, they have that yeah. room to make the playoffs now. Hmm. San Antonio. This this is an interesting one. Obviously, they're they're a bit of a young and old team as well. Obviously, they got DeRozan and Lamarcus Aldridge, who've been Aldridge have been there for a few years now since he left Portland. But and Demar DeRozan's got that 
He's, he's still a very good player, the both of them are. But I think look, moving forward, I think the Spurs have decided that they're going to invest in the future. Obviously, they've got DeJounte Murray and Derek White in the in the backcourt. And I think uh, with Aaron Naismith, he could potentially be that backup uh, small forward to back up DeRozan if he's still there and obviously develop moving forward if the Spurs want to go that route. And then when DeRozan either leaves in free agency, trade, or down down the track, obviously retiring, I think Naismith could develop in that uh, scoring wing that obviously DeRozan is now. Uh, defensively, he's still not the best defender in the league, but DeMar DeRozan is an offensive weapon for any team. And I think with Aaron Naismith, he can score all across the court and then defensively he can lock down really any player in the court because of his uh, versatility and size. Yeah. Isn't it ironic though that whenever it's the draft, the San Antonio Spurs managed to find a hidden gem? I mean, if you look back in, in the Spurs history of drafting, they got Tony, they got Tim Duncan, of course, with like the first pick, but after Tim Duncan, they got they managed to get Tony Parker late in the first round, Mono Ginobili in the second round. Managed to get Kawhi from a trade with Indiana. That's right, Kawhi Leonard, and it really made an impact for the Spurs. Obviously, single handedly had had a big impact in taking down that super team in Miami to win yeah. the title a few years ago. So I think Aaron Nace. Ness Nesmith is a, in a good situation because one, he's under the probably one of the greatest coach coaches in the NBA under Greg Popovich. He can he will develop into a star. Absolutely, he's got the potential to develop into a a, a superstar. I'm well, not superstar, but a star NBA player in the future. And not to mention Tim Duncan as assistant head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he's got a. Very good basketball mind, Tim Duncan. Sacramento. I mean, there's there's trade rumors not... surrounding this team every day. Like Buddy Hield, there's talk that he wants out. He he doesn't want to be there. I think Luke Walton didn't use him to his potential last last season. Like they fell off. They had a really good season in 2018-19. They were potential for playoff position. Obviously, they didn't make it, but that quick start was. I guess abolished this year under Luke Walton and Buddy Hill got benched. He's still like a sniper from the outside. And I think with him on the way out, Tyrus Max is a nice two-way guard who offers a bit, a few different skill sets to what Buddy Hill offered the Kings. He can contribute on multiple areas of the floor. He can score on the inside and he's a very strong player, which contributes to his ability on the defensive end and, he can be a second option next to De'Aaron Fox in the backcourt. So I think he offers a little little bit different to what Buddy Hill does, but obviously he can still make an impact for this Sacramento team. Yeah. He, uh, it is a tough situation for Sacramento because obviously with Buddy Hill potentially leaving, up. Uh, he could fulfill that spot, though. It it really depends. That I, I don't know. Sacramento is kind of in a tough situation. They're in a tough right? situation as well, but I think 
that coaching change at the end of last uh, two seasons ago now, or last season, but I think the coaching change really hindered their ability and their potential. Obviously, they didn't use uh, their players to the best of their ability, and that can be looked upon on Luke Walton's coaching style or the players' skill set didn't come to fruition this season. But I think a lot of it has to do with that front office. But moving forward, I'm not sure where the Sacramento Kings go. They're a bit mm. of a strange team. New Orleans. I'm surprised with your pick. Jalen Smith. I think it can be that backup four or five-man position. Um, obviously, he can score the ball. He can shoot. And he's a two-way player. I think with the Pelicans, you're going to need shooting. Obviously, you've got Lonzo Ball and Zion Williamson, two players who aren't obviously a perimeter, perimeter scorer. Obviously, you've got Brandon Ingram who provides that inside-out scoring punch and then Williams, Zion down low. But I think with Jalen Smith, he's a perimeter for a uh, two-way big. And I think that's important for the Pelicans moving forward. Obviously, they need that shooting. Otherwise, they're just going to double-team like Ingram and there's no one he can distribute the ball to. And I think with Smith, he gives them that option. And he's a good perimeter fit on the inside and out who can defend at a high level as well. Yeah, he, he, can, he can be that backup for. Absolutely. I don't know if, in my opinion, they probably need a center, but if that's the case, then... Well, I mean, with Jalen Smith, he has the potential to play both four and five-man positions, which I think New Orleans could use. Obviously, they don't have a, a star center at the moment. They have Derek Favors, but I think he might be on the outer in free agency or trades. He doesn't fit their young core moving forward. Obviously, he's an experienced player, but I think moving forward, I think the Pelicans will want that young star to build alongside Ingram and Zion. Yeah. 14th week, Boston. Obviously, they, they got it from a trade with Memphis. Yeah. And you went, and you went with Isaiah Stewart, which, if I'm being honest with you, that that's a fit. That could be a like missing piece that Boston needs. Yeah, absolutely. I think obviously again with the Celtics, they're still they're a younger team. I mean, a bit more experienced than the Pelicans, but I think with Tatum, Brown, and obviously Kemba in the backcourt, they have Gordon Hayward coming off the bench with Marcus Smart. Potentially is the angle that they could go. I think with Isaiah Stewart, he could be that missing piece. Obviously, they have Daniel Tice and. Enos Cano as their centers, but I think obviously compared to the rest of their team, you know that there is a bit of a weak link there. Like Daniel Tice is not a defensive force for the Celtics. He provides a nice scoring option for them. But I think with Isaiah Stewart is based on I guess the information we've got from him out of college is similar to that Bam at a bio player. Not obviously in that star level yet, but I think He's a high-energy big man, I think. Similar size as well. He's mobile. And he's got a nice jumper as well. He can play that, uh, provide that mid-range option so he doesn't lock down the paint. And defensively, he'll be able to protect the rim and the paint as well, which is, I think is important for the Celtics moving forward, obviously. You've got nice wing defenders in Brown 
and Tatum, but I think on the insides where they really lack, I guess, in that department, obviously they went in the, the conference finals this season with Miami. They went down low to BAM a fair few times, and I think that really, I guess, hint, the centre position really hindered the Celtics in that series, which potentially prevented them from making the NBA finals. Yeah. Yeah, they they were there, Boston, but but I think with this season coming, if they draft Isaiah Stewart, I rec- I reckon Boston can and probably will make it to the finals. They depending just, on the rest of the Eastern Conference and how they I get their season pans out. It it depends really, cause cause as you said, Brooklyn's have those two stars back. And yeah, so and I think with the rest of the draft, obviously you've got, I think the top three picks, those three players, Edwards, Lamelo, and James Wiseman. I think, undeniably, they're the best players in the draft. But I think with the rest of the draft, it's a bit up in the air, and I guess there's potential steals lower in the draft. But I think with this lottery, it obviously can vary depending on what what teams want. Mm. When we come back. Well, we're going we're going to talk about the trade rumors, and also we're going to talk about the drama in Houston. Is is this over? As we're talking about the drama in Houston, is it over or is this a blessing in disguise? We'll come. We'll be right back with you. Bombers, buckets, tra- there are trade rumors. First off, the Los Angeles Lakers have decided to in- to have intend to acquire Dennis Schroeder from Oklahoma. I think this is a, n- a nice pickup for the Lakers. Obviously, they have an aging Rajon Rondo who's still a talented NBA player, but I think moving forward, Schroeder offers that uh, an offensive punch, takes a bit of pressure away from LeBron and AD. He can still distribute the ball and he has no problem being, I guess, less ball dominant. We saw that in OKC this season. Like they had Chris Paul and they had SGA as well, who were all both ball dominant players and sure you can come off the bench or start a point guard for the Lakers as well and provide that third option and distribute the ball as well. But I think I think OKC obviously are looking forward to the future to the future with their draft assets, they can add these in picks, uh, in trade rumours, sorry, but also use them to pick potential superstars for the future. But I think the Lakers are getting getting away from an ageing Danny Green who didn't have the best postseason if you look back at his numbers. But I think this is a great pickup for the Lakers. And then based on the system that OKC is building towards, I think it's another great asset for them picking up that 28th pick in the draft I think it is mm, like you said uh, not to mention they also get a 28th pick and, and uh, alongside with Danny Green but the main thing is if uh, if it's a great pickup but I would rather have a point guard like a Raja Rondo but yeah, I would have looked up trying looking to get Chris Paul because mm. There were potential rumors where Chris Paul wanted to come to the Lakers. Finally, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, 
you look at that, right? That's that's just making that's created another super team, and then everyone will be hating on the Lakers. But I think I think Chris Paul, obviously, that would have been a a bigger acquisition for the Lakers. But I think this is something that is more achievable. Obviously, they're gonna have to give up more assets to OKC to pick up Chris Paul. But I think there's two. I mean, there's two ways to look at it. So obviously, I said sure it's a good pickup, but Chris Paul would obviously be a better pickup. But I don't think the Lakers are looking that way yeah. anymore. This is obviously said to be. Confirmed and, tomorrow, apparently. And not to mention that losing Danny Green, they also lose a bit of shooting. Obviously, Danny Green was the only shooter, if I'm not mistaken. But if they should have looked at getting some shooting in, in, the, in return because you gave away Danny Green away to OKC, you lose that shooting. A bit. Well, I mean, I think his shooting percentages fell off a bit in the latter parts of the season, but I think there's also rumours surrounding uh, Milwaukee Bucks, Wesley Matthews potentially coming to LA. He's denied his player option. He's going to enter free agency as well. So I think he's potentially headed to LA as well, just a matter of what they come up with in this next like, big, important week coming up now. Yeah. Speaking of Houston... <laughs> The drama. Speaking of drama. The drama. <laughs> okay. The Houston Rockets have reportedly said that Harden and Westbrook probably wanted out and what and also Westbrook wanted a trade. Yeah. And and Harden and they also reported that Harden will stay with with the Rockets and continue with their future. As and they also stated that the only way that Harden would get traded his only trade destination that he wants to is going to Brooklyn. I wouldn't say the only trade destination, but I think this is, a, this is a team in turmoil at the moment. Obviously, some rumours oh. say both players went out. Some players say Westbrook or Harden went out. Others say that they both want to both want to stay. No one's going anywhere. They're going to run it back. But I think, obviously, the small ball lineup. It it did sort not of, work. It didn't work. Let's let's be honest. It didn't work last season. They got PJ Tucker down low, and they had Robert Covington in the trade. They acquired him, which is a nice pickup for them—a three and D wing who played down low on defense. And then, obviously, you have PJ Tucker, Daniel House, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. But I think I don't think that backcourt worked as well as they thought it could have. I think Westbrook turned it on after the Clint Capella trade. It gave him room to drive to the bucket. I th- I think perimeter-wise, he's still limited in that aspect. And you've got James Harden, obviously the most ball-dominant player in the NBA, but he's gifted on the offensive end. Is this a blessing? Is this the end of the Houston Rockets, or is this a blessing in disguise? I think in terms of the starting five they finished the season with, it will look a lot different, I think, heading into next season. I think... For the second season in a row, Russell Westbrook will get traded. I think um, if it's not enough, if if it's not in the off season, I think uh, heading into the trade deadline next season, he will be out. I th- I think that's the way that they'll go. Obviously, they have a new front office. They lost Daryl Morey to Philadelphia, and Mike D'Antoni's out as head coach. They're going to have a new identity going in the next season and the way they, I guess, 
make decisions in the off season and during the season as well is going to be a little different to how they went about their work last season as well. Yeah, like I said, like you said, um, the reason why they want out because one, you got you got rid of Daryl Morey, and two, you, you don't. Mike Natoni decided to resign. There are actually a lot of aspects to why they want to go their separate ways. Number one, the their postseason success. Obviously, they they made the they, second round. They made a second round and got beating five by the Lakers. But I think having those two ball dominant players, I guess it was a bit tough for them to work it out. Obviously, one's a a player that likes to drive and have the ball in his hands likes to drive with limited perimeter game. And then you got James Harden who can score in three ways on the offensive end. Yeah. And also, I think what really went downhill is when they traded, when they did the Clint Capella trade. Mm-hmm. I'm, I got to be brutally honest. You cannot, you cannot put a PJ Tucker or Robert Covington at the, at the four or five position consistently every night. Yeah. In the West, because let's be honest, eight, every every team that was in the playoffs ha- has a true big man. That's right. Lake, Lakers had AD, Denver had Nicola, Dallas had Pozingas, Fonda had Stephen Adams, Utah had Gobert. You can't consistently put PJ Tucker at the five each night, expecting him to. Produce like do, every other center, like do his role. You can't six, expect five. you can't expect him just to shoot threes because now nowadays some of the centers are developing the game outside of the the paint, the, out of the paint, and start shooting mid range or jump shots, which is really probably what's what brought Houston's like success down because of the Capella trade. If they kept with the Capella trade, I. I still would have think that D'Antoni might have would have might stay or Daryl Morey, but also if they just kept Capella, they they could have been successful in my opinion. But I'm just saying you can't put EJ at the five unless you're unless you're like Draymond Green and you're like defensively minded maybe, but also that Draymond also struggles if he faces like proper big men. That's right. I think. Size became a key contributor to their downfall last season, but I think, and it's evident because when they faced Lakers, AD just dominated. AD was a force down low. That's right. They don't have anyone down low that can contend with them. Like you go up against big, talented, offensive centers, you're gonna struggle. And doesn't not matter how good of a def- defender you are, if you're six five down low, you're gonna get bullied. I know. I know they try to do the small ball, but. In, when they did it in Phoenix, Steve Nash had Omari Stoudemire, who was actually like played like a big man. PJ Tucker plays a more of a three-way player than a center, so that's why they lost. And also, like you said, when they faced the Lakers, they couldn't stop AD. No. They they just couldn't stop him. And also, why I think like there's so much. Like drama around surrounding Houston is because you have two two ball dominant players. They want the ball, two MVPs. You can't you can't like coexist. 
they're both ball dominant, which is why I think this is happening. Because one, they're both, like I said before, they both won MVPs. Now, obviously, with Westbrook getting traded to Houston, Harden's also the a ball dominant player, which is why I think they didn't have that much success. But also, I think Westbrook tries too much. To he tries too much to be the star. If you when when he was back in OKC, there were some situations where he wanted to be the star, and it just end up in a in a bad shot or a turnover. That's what I mean. I think he he didn't fully understand his role in Houston. Obviously, James Harden's the superstar. He's the I guess crown jewel, you could say. Westbrook should have realized that he's no longer the man. He's no longer he's no longer with OKC. This is hard. That's what I mean, though. Like I mean, with Paul George, he was when he was in OKC, he was in the MVP race, and Paul George do his role. That's right. I think I mean, Russ still didn't understand that, but I think purely for that reason, I think a Harden trade to Brooklyn, I think that's complete rubbish. Like purely for the same reason is that. You got three ball dominant players. You've got Kyrie, you've got James Harden, and Kevin Durant. I think, obviously, offensively they're more gifted than Russ and Harden. But I think I don't know whether that's the best option moving forward. Obviously, they'll create a super team. They'll be a dominant force on the offensive end. But I think it's too much uh, ball control in one starting five. That's just my opinion. If West, if Westbrook gets traded. It will be the same situation if you like in OKC. Because let's be honest, besides from KD, Paul George, and Harden, who has been the top scorer when Westbrook doesn't have a star? That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's talks so you that can't... Russ is going to the Knicks, but I don't know how that will pan out. Obviously, with a young team, he'll be the star again. But he's, he's a gifted player, he's a future Hall of Fame, but. I guess he's I trying to figure out what situation works for him. It's not Houston, I don't think. But I'm saying, if he goes to another team, the chances are like, yeah, you add Westbrook. as, Yeah, you get Westbrook. Yeah, then what? Yeah. You know what? He won't involve his teammates. The only time he will... Same with Harden. The only times Harden and Westbrook have involved their teammates is when they really need to get the ball out of their hands in a situation. That's where they need a bailout, that's right. So situations which is unfair to the other other three players on the court because they just force up bad shots, which is really unfair, which is why sometimes the efficiency goes down because because of dumb mistakes like that. Well I mean and also, with Russell Westbrook he's he doesn't have that perimeter option which allows players to kick out to him if they're in trouble if there's Another player with the ball, but Russ obviously has the ball in his hands most of the time. But I'm just saying, it's really unfair for the teammates because really, the say for example, if Westbrook just in a situation where Westbrook is getting double team and there's like what, like five seconds on the shot clock and just passes it, what do you think? What do you think it's gonna do to him? It's gonna make him look bad because one, he just did it. Just because of a bailout, and two, it makes the teammate look bad because they had to put up a tough shot. Like sometimes it might go in, but there's a lot of times that won't because it's a rushed effort. 
there have been multiple situations where Westbrook has done that, and same with Harden, and which is why it's. I think, I just like hope that Harden and Westbrook just, if they don't want to get, obviously they want to get traded, but if they sort their things and say, hey, I'm that, hey, I know you, you want the ball up, but if we want to win, we, you gotta, you know, communicate, because in every one-two punch, they, the, in every one-two punch, someone has to sacrifice. If you look at, not dynamic dudes like Michael Jordan. Scotty Pippen knew his role. Right. Kobe, Kobe Bryant knew his role when he was with Shaq. Dwayne Wade, when LeBron came to Miami, the Wade knew he he had to take a back step. Step. Yeah, because LeBron was that step. main superstar in the team, the ball dominant player, the top scorer. Exactly, and also with with because I'm a Nets fan, I don't. It's gonna be hard for Steve Nash because one. You got, like you said, you got all three ball dominant players that want the ball in their hands most of the time, in in like game situations. Mm. I don't. I don't see how it works, and, but I don't. I feel I feel like Steve Nash is gonna be in a tough situation if that happens because you got two MVPs and you got all three of them having playoff. Experience, I can. It's really up to Nash, but if they re- really want to like succeed, I feel like Kyrie has to take that back seat and say, and he has to realize I'm not the guy anymore. These two are the See, guys. I think that's why it was tough for him. Obviously, as a young player leaving Cleveland um, and going to Boston, where he, he was the you... superstar, he, I think he still needs that help. Obviously, LeBron was the main star in Cleveland. Kyrie take, took that second option role. But in I think immaturity played a part. Obviously, he hadn't fully developed as a superstar yet. But I think going to, to Boston, he didn't have that offensive help or a way to lead a team yet. Obviously, it, it was evident. Yeah. It was evident. You saw... If it... There you go. I'll chop him on. He saw in Boston when he when he went to Boston when he got injured. He, he saw how Boston he made the conference final. Like that's no way against a against a LeBron. James that's right. They team. went to seven games with LeBron. He he led that team. He was on a he was on a mission, LeBron, in that season. But mental mission, really. But yeah, if they want, if Nets, if Brooklyn wants to be that dominant team in the East, I think Kyrie has to take that back seat because it's evident because in my, like say for example, in Miami, we knew that Chris Bosh, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, they were all superstars. Chris Bosh took that back role and said, you know what? I know my role. I'm going to do what they want me to do. And yeah, same with Boston in in the eighties, with Larry and Parrish and Mikhail, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman, they, they all knew their roles. Jordan was the scorer, Pippen was the facilitator, and Rodman was that de- defensive player. So, if Kyrie just has that mentality, he saying that 
I know my role. This is not my team anymore. He, we can be successful if I, if we. Really yeah, I know, I know you want the, you know I know you want that uh, big three to work, but I, I just don't see how it's, how it's going to work. Obviously, you're going to get James Harden, but what's Houston going to get back in return? Salaries have to match. Talent-wise, both teams will need to make it even. That's, that's your that's your opinion, anyway. If I was Brooklyn, I would I would have to like give up. Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, I'll see DeAndre for for harder. Well, I think the next few days are going to be interesting in terms of the, the upcoming NBA season. So I think, in regards yeah. to free agency, also- I think there's some big signings, and I heard that uh, AD's rejected his player option. He's going to open enter the open market, but I think the obvious decision for him is going to go back to the Lakers. It's, it, it's a given. And I think other important players are Davis Bertans, uh, Bogdanovich, Montrez Harrell, Gordon Hayward, Fred Van Vliet. They're pretty important players on, and they can play any, a significant role on contending teams depending on who uh, I guess decides to sign them. Yeah. And also, but also, I just want to add on the Harden situation if he goes to the Nets. If that happens, it's Steve Nash has to really say to them, hey, I know we got, we got these um, assets. We need to figure out how we can use them. And he also needs to talk to Kyrie because Kyrie's the one that's been stirring up drama, saying, oh, Nash is not, the, is not a coach. Or he's not really our coach. He needs to fix his attitude if they want to be successful. You got a lot of egos in that team, man. But that's all right. It, it's it's a tough role for Nash, really. I, I feel for him. I mean, obviously, we got a month of the season starts. We've got free agency starting this week. We got the drafts in a couple of days as well. So I think it's going to be an important couple of couple of weeks leading into the season. We're going to see many different teams are going to have completely different starting fives to the ones that, I guess, finished the season, that, that finished a couple of months ago now. So it'll be interesting to see how his team moves forward. Before we wrap things up, I know you're a Philly fan. Yeah. I'm a Brooklyn mm-hmm. Nets fan. What is the one thing that you regret as a fan was the one thing you read or witnessed or heart, something heartbreaking? Bro, why are you going to ask me that, man? It's, it's obviously the Kawashi. That's that's a given. You ask any Philadelphia fan, that's the one that will hurt him the most. I think that's, that's a stupid question to ask, man. What about you? I mean, me trading away all our draft picks. To Boston. <laughs> to Boston for an aging... KG and Pierce. I mean, at first, I, I was like, bro, we could be a good team, a super team. But if you then, look, if you look you deeper in it, they were aging players. They weren't the same offensive weapons they were in Boston. And you just trade I mean, away your future. I mean, we could have potentially got a Damian Lillard, Jason. That's Tatum. right. But 
it is what it is. And yeah, that's, that's just heartbreaking. And also, um, LeBron James just killing us in the playoffs in 2014. What about last season, man? You've got bounced in five. Bounced in five to Philadelphia. You got swept this season, so tough, tough few years. It, 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 we'll come back. We'll come back. Obviously, with our superstars coming. I think back. next season the Eastern Conference is going to be stacked. Next season, obviously, the emergence of Miami. They'll be able to contend with any team in the West. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One one more thing. We we forgot about the Giannis situation. Obviously, we know that he unfollowed his teammates. I mean, there's there's ways to look at that. I think that's. I, I guess the media likes to stir the pot a bit. Yeah, but if he, people are saying he wants to go to Miami or Golden State. I mean, if he goes to Miami, then it's a wrap. I mean, wherever he goes, he's going to join potentially a superstar and another taking... star. But I think he's taking that KD route. It's take, That's taking right. the easy way out. That's what I know he's like. I know he's a very humble player and he works very hard, but you're the MVP. You just won Defensive Player of the Year. I know and you had two successful seasons as the number one seed. Obviously, two years ago, obviously, like a few two seasons ago, you got they were it just came out short against Toronto. But I mean, Kawhi Leonard, he was a, on a mission that season. No one was. Stopping Kawhi, I think if a few things change, if I mean look, but look at the difference one season makes. Kawhi Leonard couldn't couldn't carry his team. He was obviously in the, in the Western Conference, but he saw a different player alongside a superstar in Paul George, who just flat out dropped in that series in the playoffs yeah. in general. And and obviously with the emergence of Miami, just. Just dominating Milwaukee in five games, like that was that was a big shock. I, I thought Milwaukee would get through that series, maybe in in six against the Heat, but Jimmy Butler just turned it on. I mean, that was that was a big regret for I guess Philadelphia letting him walk in free agency. So, yeah. if this happens, if I'm my Miami. Or Milwaukee, sorry. I would actually try and get Bam Adebayo for Giannis. Because they both they both can develop. Well, Giannis is developed, but he's heading to a team with a coach under Eric Spolstra. Bam can develop to, through Mike, mm-hmm. Mike Budenholzer. So it's kind of a win-win switch situation, but it's also a, a, lose situ- a losing situation for... Giannis, because he's taking the easy way out. He's going to a team that just beat him in the conference. Well, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the Kevin Durant trail. Like, KD left for the I, team that beat him after they lost three. They blew a 3-1 lead in the conference finals. He took the easy way out. He went to Golden State. That was huge. If, I, if I'm Giannis, I would, I would actually go up to the front office say hey I need help because let's be honest you didn't see Michael Jordan give up when he got beat defeated by Detroit when they had those bad boys with Isaiah, Joe Dumas, Bill Lambier, Rodman, Aguirre 
you didn't see Michael Jordan say, hey, can I come play with you? He didn't. He just worked hard. He worked hard. And by, I think, 1990, he managed to beat the Pistons. So if Giannis just goes up to the office and works hard and goes up to the office, says, hey, I need that help. I need some help to support me. He's got all the talents, but I feel like they're just missing that one piece. Maybe that scoring option, but they have Chris Milton. Maybe like a experienced player. Maybe like a Paul Millsap. Potentially. I mean, it's all going to... It's all going to depend on Giannis. Really. I mean, they're a talented team. You thought they've been in the running for the, the championship in the last couple of seasons. A few things haven't worked out, but I guess it's up to them where they want to go next season. It's, and the same goes for every other team, like free agency, the draft, how, how they treat these next couple of weeks will determine how successful they are moving forward. So, Yeah. Well, wrapping things up, I think we've covered everything. Is there anything you want to say? No, it was a pretty good first episode. See how we go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty good. We will... We don't know yet when we're going to make another one because obviously with the draft coming up in free agency. We'll see you in the next one. Figure it. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. As always, stay safe, stay humble, stay hungry. I'm John, and this is Luke, and we're signing off from Bonobus Buckets Podcast.